Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome in to another episode of Will Sports Talk by Naraj Kalia. As always, you can find more of me on Apple Podcast, Overcast, Radio Public, Spotify, Overcast, and many other platforms. So definitely, if you missed anything regarding the NFL, the NBA, um, in terms of you know opening. Uh, you know previews of teams and things like that definitely check it out and of course you can find some more of the same content on idea.io search up real sports talk by naraj you'll find a lot of great segments from the from the podcast as well as you know many other things as well so definitely check that out as well so in today's episode we're gonna get into a lot of things uh NFL Week 7 kicking off tonight um, in Cleveland. Obviously, uh, a whole lot of great games yesterday in action to get into. And games a preview for tonight, so uh, stay tuned for that. Um, and then, of course, you know, things starting to heat up, obviously, with um, a lot of rumors going around with uh, Deshaun Watson and the Miami Dolphins, Houston Texans. Hard to see that really happening, but it is out there, so that will be a key. The Ben Simmons saga and drama continues, um, you know, so the real question is, will Ben Simmons even play this season? You know, what, will he be traded? Will he be dealt? There's a lot of things that will kind of shape itself out in the, in the days to come and weeks to come, so definitely something worth watching as well. So let me kick off things by talking about the week seven matchup to kick off, uh, you know, the week seven matchup that uh, starting up tonight on Thursday Night Football, and that is between the Denver Broncos and the Cleveland Browns. Both teams definitely reeling with, you know, injuries and consistent play. Um, and Case Keenum will be starting the Cleveland Browns um, tonight. Um, in a game in which the Browns definitely need something uh, to go right for them. You know, obviously they've had a tough time being able to stay on track and win games. You know, they were off to a, uh, you know, promising start, right? You know, got a couple of wins after that opening loss at Kansas City. Um, but we know they lost to the Chargers right on the road. Uh, which they had scored so many points, no turnovers, still lost, and then against the Arizona Cardinals, just things kind of caught up to them with injuries and consistent play. And look at them now, you know, they're 3-3. Three and three. You have the Baltimore Ravens, who are continuing to surge after week one. The Pittsburgh Steelers have also uh, gotten back to 500. Um, they're currently on a bye week, you know, so... Heading into this game, the Browns are a little bit banged up. You know, they, they will not have, I think, Kareem Hunt or Nick Chubb tonight. Odell Beckham may or may not play, depending on the injury that he had um, in, the, in the game against Cardinals last week. You know, so you may see a lot of different names out there for the Cleveland Browns at the running back spot. Jarvis Landry, a question mark whether or not he'll play in this game. Um, but you look at Case Keenum, he hasn't obviously played in a while. And, um, you know, he does exper- obviously bring some kind of experience, obviously a little bit more of a approach of obviously 
great down the field throws and things like that. Um, so you had it for the Cleveland Browns. Their defense um, obviously hasn't played at their best, but Miles Garrett is still one of the best, and obviously he'll be looking to do a lot of damage in this game against the Denver Broncos offensive line. Now, as for the Denver Broncos, they started out 3-0, right? There was a lot of things said about the Denver Broncos. Um, you know, they obviously were playing at a very high level, um, but they were playing teams with, obviously, a record under 500, as we can see now. You know, they've lost three games in a row. Obviously, Bridgewater had a concussion, um, you know, at some point in the last few weeks, and... This uh, Broncos defense has definitely given up a lot of points, a lot of yards lately. Um, you've seen obviously the injuries kind of take take you know an impact in terms of you know you have obviously Jerry Judy who's still out for the Denver Broncos, and then you know there are obviously a couple of things that they still haven't been able to, they haven't been able to finish games as well. Um, you know, Bridgewater has. You know, looked a bit on and off the last few weeks, so they're going to need him to play much better. Um, you know, this defense definitely has to play better, um, and that's probably going to start with them being a little bit more better from start to finish in this game. So, look at both teams at three and three, uh, where they are in the division, right? So, in the division for the uh, AFC West, you know. The Broncos definitely have playoff aspirations, so Cleveland Browns. And both teams definitely need to, need to win on this Thursday night. Now, usually Thursday night football games, you know, really favor the home team because of a short week here at home and those kind of things. Uh, in this case, although, you have Case Keenum, right, playing against the Denver Broncos defense that will be looking to really... Uh, try to lock down and shut down a lot of things in this game. So, you know, it's a game in which the Broncos, I think, may be able to get back on track. You know, for Cleveland, I think that now Baker Mayfield obviously not, not can play this game, right? So, how does your approach uh, change in this game? Well, you know, you still want to run the football. You know, you still want to be able to do the same things you can kind of do. You got to still push the ball down the field. Um, but in this game, it's really about, you know, turnovers and putting your offense on a short field. And I think that both defenses are going to have a chance to make a statement early in this game. Uh, so that may be a deciding outcome uh, or deciding factor, I would say, in this game. So the keys for the Denver, Denver Broncos in this one. I think the first thing they have uh, established a running game. I think, you know, you have, obviously, a talent like Melvin Gordon, you know, nice and upcoming running back, and Javante Williams. You've got a... Um, now, Cleveland, obviously, has been good at times against the, uh, at the, against the run, and other times they've given up quite a bit. But you got to run the football. You know, you're on a short week at the, on the road at Cleveland, obviously in front of their home crowd and fans. You want to be able to kind of uh, set a tone quite them early on with the running game. And so, we'd like to see more of the running game be a factor in this game because as good as Teddy Bridgewater can be, he can't really do it all. It's not his style to, I don't think it is. 
comes to game. I mean, can't they are right now. They've got to get more of a balance on offense, right? If you cannot, Sutton, uh, or you know Tim Patrick, the wide receiver, or you know, fish no offense, run the football. You know, get some screen. The Bronco, uh, the you know, Browns cornerbacks. Obviously, we know that you know Ward and Williams back there and Johnson. I mean, they do a pretty good job. But you want to just run the football, get these guys in space, and I think that night has really been able to feature these running backs um, a lot. What they haven't done this season. Now we saw it early on. So more than if you give Gordon the ball you know Williams the ball that may help this offensive line pass protect better as well so that's number one and then the second key for the Broncos they need to be able to get off to a fast start and can I say that is enough and I always say some teams really have to get off to a fast start offensive you got to be able to put up points all right selling for field goals and things like that on the road you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work out. But the Broncos have to be aggressive. You know, they've got to be able to convert those situations, and we, uh, they've got to be able to make those plays, so the difference-making plays in the fourth quarter, uh, and keep this game. You know, at seem to be aggressive, be early uh, on, get to a fast start, try to apply pressure on this Cleveland Browns offense early on. You know, in that case, Keenum is back there, and he hasn't played in quite some time. Try to get off to a fast start. You know, convert those early downs. Be smart about it, but get points on the board early, and try to keep the game in your favor. And then the third key for Denver, their defense, right? Von Miller obviously has been back after, you know, missing some games and stuff like that. I mean, he has a chance to dominate this game. You know, you want to see the pass rush do a much better job of hitting and, and getting to the quarterback. You want to see more discipline in this in this Broncos secondary. Um, they got to kind of clean up the, mis the mistakes that they made last week against the Raiders. Limit the big plays, pressure the quarterback, you know, force everything right in front. You know, make the Browns, tr you know, try to produce a play or two against that secondary so they gotta make turnovers you gotta see much better play from Simmons um, you know and Darby and the cornerback you know you gotta see some plays being made in the secondary and being able to keep this the Cleveland Browns team on a third down and long situation you know get out of the third down get to the quarterback and make it tough for Case Keenum to find anything and get to any kind of rhythm in this game for the Cleveland Browns, the first thing is they really got to do a good job of being able to pass protect. I think that uh, obviously Case Keenum, the Broncos made it try to bring a lot of blitzes and pressure, so they got to really pass protect well. They pass protect well, Case Keenum will be able to obviously get the ball out quick, make some throws. So they got to do a good job of pass protection in this game. All right, you know they obviously have. You've kind of seen Baker Mayfield be on the run quite a bit. Obviously, last week you saw there were a couple of hits here and there. So you want to be able to keep your quarterback upright and do a good job of pass protection, especially early on in this game. Second key for the Browns, you know, I think that you've got to see a little bit more from 
We have Rashad Higgins, you know, people Jones, uh, you know, Austin Hooper, you know, their tight ends, Njoku. This will be a game where I think Njoku and Hooper, uh, the tight ends, will see a lot more catches. I think they should be targeted a lot in this game. You know, the Broncos at the linebacking level, obviously they have some guys who can make plays, but you, know, you have a couple of tight ends. You know, you've got to use those tight ends a little bit more in this game, I think. Considering whether or not you'll have a back of out there or not, or whether, you know, Jarvis Landers will play or not. You know, if those who do play, then obviously things will be a little bit different. But, you know, you want to use your tight ends in this game, I think, if you're the uh, Cleveland Browns. Try to hit the middle of the field, get those guys going early, uh, and feed them the ball. And the third key for the Browns defense... Uh, I think they've really got to find a way to be better in terms of when teams cross into their territory. You got to be able to do a good job getting off on third down. You know they've allowed quite a bit of touchdowns, a lot of points to the you know the past few weeks. You got to find a way to make it really kind of like an ugly kind of game in a way. Limit those big plays. Try to stay in front. Make Teddy Bridgewater beat you um, with his you know his you know his arm you know try to keep him right in front because you know we saw that last week the Raiders also got some turnovers on him so the keeper the Browns are just really trying to limit any kind of uh, big passing plays you know keep him out of the end zone you know make the Broncos settle a lot in this game you know if they make it a low scoring kind of game they have a better chance to win so looking at it, I mean this game should be. Um, I think it will be a low-scoring game. I don't see it crossing like a 20-point mark or you know 25-point mark. It may. Um, but I look at both teams, and I think that the Denver Broncos are going to find a way to pull this one out tonight. Uh, I just don't trust what Cleveland has right now in terms of their offense. I think that they obviously. You know, they've had a rough go, obviously, the last couple of games. Um, I just don't trust their offense enough without Chubb and Hunt in the game uh, to get anything going. Um, they couldn't make it interesting. They may have a lead in this game, but I think Denver, you'll see them do a much better job, I think, of this time finishing up and starting much better in this game. And I think that this Broncos defense bounces back uh, a little bit better than, than the Cleveland Browns defense. And I think that the Denver Broncos get a much-needed win on Thursday Night Football. So in this segment, I want to recap uh, some of the NBA games that took place last night, October 20th. And those are the games that I had previewed and talked about, which I... Uh, came away thinking I got two out of three right um, in my picks, so you know I may or may not make it a thing to you know list a couple of games maybe every other night of the NBA season. Once that, I look forward to watching, recapping those. Uh, see, I can keep it over, keep it up over an 82 game uh, regular season. You know, back in the mix of things. So let me start with the New York Knicks winning a wild game. Over the Boston Celtics, double overtime, 138 to 134, was the final score in this one. I mean, this game had so much. You saw, obviously, both teams just really 
do a great job of hitting shots, you know, uh, executing and having to execute. You know, the Knicks had a lead in this game. Uh, you saw Kemba Walker actually have a couple of turnovers uh, late in this game, which, you know, the Celtics were able to take advantage of. And obviously, what a great performance by Jalen Brown, considering he was coming off, obviously, having, you know, COVID and then being able to practice and play. I mean, Jalen Brown dropped 46 points for the Celtics. You know, Tatum had 20 points. Um, although, yeah, rough shooting night for Jason Tatum. You know, 7 of 30 from the floor. Um, but you could just see that both teams are really fatigued uh, down the stretch of this game. Uh, it really came down to, obviously, a couple of possessions. You know, there were obviously some wide-open looks that were missed. There were some opportunities that were there for both teams to be had. Um, but you know, the Knicks came away getting the victory with Evan Fournier putting up 32 points in his Knicks debut. You had Julius Randle put up 35 points. Open top and really played well off the bench. R.J. Barrett provided a nice scoring effort in this game with 19 points. You know, obviously you saw the kind of potential that the Celtics do have, obviously, with their roster and with their shooting. You know, a couple of guys really played well and stood out um, for the Celtics. Um, but the Knicks got it done. Like I said, Fournier hit a big shot down the stretch of this overtime period. And Derrick Rose came up big time as well with a key basket. So, all in all, a, a great win for the Knicks. You know, obviously they have to be a little bit better in terms of defense. Uh, especially cannot allow a play like that to develop with, you know, Marcus Smart getting that three-pointer to tie the game at the buzzer. But what a great start for the Knicks in the season opener, and hopefully this will be some good things to come. You know, both, both teams definitely have a lot of room to improve after this first game. The Philadelphia 76ers um, defeated the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, I think, by the final score of 117-97. to Now, I totally forgot about Zion Williamson. And his injury uh, in this game, you know, he uh, wasn't able to give it a go. So you saw obviously Brandon Ingram take on more of the uh, scoring potential in this game, you know, just in terms of what he had to do. Uh, you saw obviously Devontae Graham play well at times. I expected more from Valachunas and Josh Hart. They really didn't have the best of performances, I would say. Um, you know, it is going to take a while for the Pelicans to really gel, I think, in terms of, obviously, new coach, head coach Willie Green being there. But the Sixers were just better. Embiid obviously led the way with, you know, I think 22 points. I think uh, Cormaz had a nice game, um, especially big-time points in the fourth quarter uh, to help the Sixers pull away in this game. I think Tobias Harris had 20 points. Tyrese Maxey also had, you know, you know, he scored in the double digits as well in this game. So, overall, you just saw those things really come into play where, um, you know, both teams played really well. The Pelicans, obviously, just need a little bit more. Um, you know, once Zion's back, I think that would be a, a huge, obviously, a huge plus for them. Um, but the Sixers obviously played well outside of all this drama that's been happening with Ben Simmons. 
Uh, you saw them really come out and play a good game in which they um, decided to really like you know play well in the paint, get some contributions. And Tobias Harris is a name that will continue to come up as well. Uh, Tyrese Maxey. These two are going to be highly important this season for the Sixers. You know, whether or not Ben Simmons plays or not this season, they're going to need um, they're going to need these guys to really step up and play alongside Joel Embiid. And you know, I think Andre Drummond is someone who's going to have to obviously kind of find his footing a little bit. I'm sure he will against this Pelicans team. You know, so I mean. Good start for Philadelphia. I think there's a lot of work for both teams to do, obviously. Um, but Philadelphia just showed you why that they could still be a good team without Ben Simmons. Obviously, defensively, they obviously have things to work on. But it was a good start for them last night on the road in New Orleans. You know, Valachunas for the New Orleans Pelicans, you know, he took a lot of shots yesterday. He missed quite a bit, you know. Um, so hopefully he can get back on track in the next game. I think defense will still be an issue for the Pelicans this season, just knowing how they've kind of been the last couple of seasons. Um, you know, they're going to have to do a little bit better in that area. They expect to contend for a playoff spot this year or even make it to the play-in tournament. And so the final game um, uh, that capped off last night was between the Denver Nuggets and the Phoenix Suns. And the Denver Nuggets got a little bit of a revenge. Uh, from the Phoenix Suns in that playoff, you know, from the playoff series last year, you know, they won 110 to 90 over, over the Phoenix Suns. I thought the Suns would win this game. You know, I thought Devin Booker would have a big time game, but really, it was a great performance by Nikola Jokic, who had 27 points, 13 rebounds in this one. Will Barton played very, very well for the Nuggets. You know, he had 20 points. Michael Porter had 15. You know, just a really good job all, all the way around. Uh, it was a much more balanced scoring effort by the Denver Nuggets in this one. You know, you saw them really do a good job of just having balanced scoring all the way across. As for the Suns, you know, you saw, uh, you know, Chris Paul play relatively well. Mikhail um, Bridges as well. But, you know, this really just came down to Devin Booker. You know, obviously he's very talented in what he does and... He just missed a lot of shots yesterday. A lot of easy three-pointers and looks from the floor. I'm sure he'll get he'll turn around, no doubt, heading forward. But the Nuggets just really played well in the paint. Got some good scoring overall. And you just want to see the Nuggets keep this up with Will Barton being fully healthy. Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon. These are the guys that are really going to have to keep on emerging. You know, once even when Jamal Murray comes back, you know, you really want to see... These guys continue to have success for the Nuggets. And if they have this kind of production from Gordon and Porter and Will Barden, then they will have a much better shot uh, of being able to do it in the postseason and being able to do it over a consistent period of time. So that's something to really watch out for going forward. Um, as for tonight's games, I mean, got a couple of good ones on, on the schedule. And, you know, you've got Trey Young, Luka Doncic going at it. you got Golden State. And uh, the Clippers, you know, that should be a fun one, seeing how the Clippers start off the gate. And then you got Miami um, and Milwaukee, which should be a really good one as well. Two teams that are obviously expected to contend for the Eastern Conference title this year. Uh, we'll get to see how Kyle Lowry, Drew Holiday match up. Hopefully Holiday can play in this game, but, you know, Giannis against Butler at a bio. 
Should be some good games tonight to, to look forward to. So the final segment today of today's episode, I want to look ahead to week seven and talk about three wide receivers that definitely need a big week seven. And then I will also get into my three quarterbacks that I think need a big week seven uh, in the NFL 2021 uh, season. Now, before I get into all of that, obviously um, the NFL trade deadline is nearing. Um, and we've seen obviously a couple of trades already with, you know, what the Cardinals did in getting Zach Ertz. You saw the Miami Dolphins, the Bears have a trade getting up, you know, at the end, one of those kick returners on the team. So obviously a couple of names that you know could be on the move or hopefully on the move. I mean, Odell Beckham is a name that will continue to come up probably uh, just because of the kind of production and the kind of way that he has been this year with the Cleveland Browns. You know, so that is a name to watch out for. Deshaun Watson is a name that continues to kind of creep up in those, um, you know, trade talks and rumors and stuff like that. Um, it's hard to see a trade happening for Deshaun Watson at this point. You know, obviously the season's already going on and he hasn't played, obviously. And even if he does play, I think it will be really hard uh, for him to even start because of all the backlash that may, may come his way. Um, but you know the NFL trade deadline usually is always quiet during the you know last two three seasons. You know there's nothing really significant that can happen. Um, but you know some teams may inquire for certain players. Some some veterans may be on the move. So something to watch out for um, for sure. You know it may or may not happen. But I think that you know if there was a trade to be made, uh, let's see you know Cleveland maybe trade Odell Beckham. If they have the right offer on the table, obviously. Um, but I think tonight's game will speak to see. We'll see if Odell Beckham can really get it going with Case Keenum. If that happens, then maybe something might be, something might be there. But just throwing it out there. Infiltrated not coming up. Obviously, teams just want to be able to acquire certain players. I mean, obviously injuries are kind of starting to pop up as well. You know, so and some players' situations may or may not be on the move. So. Definitely worth watching as that approaches in the coming weeks. So let me get into my three wide receivers that I believe need a big uh, week seven, uh, you know, this week. And I think the first name that comes to mind for me is Terry McLaurin of the Washington football team. Now look, Terry McLaurin is supposed to be the number one wide receiver for this football team. And obviously Washington is off to a... Shaky start, you know, obviously Fitzpatrick going down, right, you know, Taylor Heineke being the, you know, name the starting quarterback. You know, so with Heineke, you've seen McLaurin, um, obviously starting out, you know, McLaurin was doing fairly well, um, but he's been really quiet the last two games. Um, you know, the last two games they had were against uh, the New Orleans Saints, right? Um... Kansas City Chiefs so you know McLaurin obviously this hasn't been as productive as you would hope he would be now some of that is definitely Taylor Heineke uh, because you know you gotta get him the ball uh, but he's got a really good matchup obviously a lot of good favorable matchups uh, against this Packers secondary this week 
and so McLaren this has to find a way to get it going uh, they're gonna need him to produce in this game in order for them to have a chance you know he's gotta be featured more in this offense I think you know he only has three touchdowns this season he can do a lot more um, he's got the speed he's got the talent to do so so I think they gotta get him the ball and he has to do a good job of winning his matchups this week and he's gotta ask for the ball you know I think I want to see him do that a little bit more, um, you know, in this game in which he can really, you know, if he can get it going, um, they have a better shot offensively of staying with the Packers in this week's game. Second wide receiver I think that needs a big week seven is DK Metcalf of the Seattle Seahawks. All right, Metcalf has five touchdowns this year. Um, you know, obviously you've seen him do a fair good amount of things when he can get the ball in his hands now the Seattle Six are coming off obviously a loss right in which you know he was targeted quite a bit but he didn't get in the end zone and you look at Metcalf and whatever happened last week and with that whole situation of not getting out of bounds quick enough even though they still took the field goal to get the game to overtime you know, Metcalf is going to be against the same secondary that obviously is coming off a bye week. Uh, Lattimore is very good as a cornerback. Um, but Metcalf is going to have to make plays. Geno Smith is going to have to find him in this game in order for the Seahawks to win. I think this game is on my night football. So you do want to see uh, Metcalf be more involved in this offense to get into the end zone against the same secondary. Um, you know, that will be a huge key uh, for the Seattle Seahawks is being able to obviously, you know, obviously try to feature Lockett and, and Metcalf a lot more. But I think Metcalf needs to use his height and his advantages in his, uh, you know, because of the vertical passing game. I would like to see him get some more opportunities, some jump balls, some deep balls, throw in his direction because I think that he can definitely make those plays. He's shown it before, and I think that. He'll have to do this if the Seattle Seahawks want to stay, um, you know, competitive enough. Because they are at two and four, you know, as a record. So, you know, they gotta kind of hold off until Russell Wilson comes back, you know, healthy. Um, so he definitely needs to be a factor in this game um, for the Seattle Seahawks to win this game on Monday Football. And my third wide receiver that I believe needs a big game is Allen Robinson of the Chicago Bears. Now, I've been talking about it for a while with the Chicago Bears. Allen Robinson obviously did so well with a variety of quarterbacks, you know, a season or so ago. You know, but he hasn't been the same this season. Now, you know, he obviously has been trying to, you know, he's been targeted, no doubt. But you haven't seen him produce at a high level. And you know, he was franchise tagged, I think, this year, uh, if I remember correctly. So... You know, obviously Justin Fields is going through those motions as a quarterback. And he just has to find a way to be able to separate a lot more and get uh, get, get some catches thrown his way. they got to feature him more in this offense, you know. They're going up against a vulnerable Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense that doesn't have their full cornerbacks. Um, so you want to see if there's one game that Robinson can get it going is against Tampa Bay. We've seen the kind of success that teams have had on them in terms of wide receivers being able to make plays 
But Robinson, you know, whatever he has to do, he's got to make it work, you know. Obviously, Justin Fields has to do a better job of finding him as well. Um, but it is kind of just surprising to see Robinson really not have more of a productive role in this offense. And that's got to change if the Chicago Bears want to be able to have any shot of pulling up an upset in Tampa this week. They need to have their offense clicking from the wide receiving point stand of view. And I think that Allen Robinson has the potential to do that. Um, but he needs the ball. And I think that he needs a big week seven. Otherwise, I think his role and the way things are going, you know, he's going to have a tough time um, being able to even get, you know, you know, a contract that he wants. But also, you know, with his role kind of being limited here and there, you know, he may not be as productive. So you got to find ways to get him back on track. You know, screen passes, short throws, get him the ball, see what he can do. Um, but he definitely needs his... He definitely needs a big week seven, I think, for the Bears to kind of stay uh, competitive in this game and also going forward into the other games they have in the future this season. You know, they're going to need to have to do that in a big-time way. It's also on Matt Nagy to really try to get more out of his offense. And Justin Fields obviously can't throw the deep ball. We know that he has the ability to do it. He's done it. I'll say quite a bit a couple of times the last few weeks. Now let's see Al Robinson get some of those. I think that is really important uh, for the Bears. So now I want to transition to talking about my three quarterbacks that I believe need a big week seven for their teams. And when I mean a big week, obviously for quarterbacks, whether they, um, you know, they obviously have to play well enough to keep the team competitive and get get a victory. And that's obviously the end goal. Um, but there's, you know. There's quarterbacks that I think also that you seem to keep progressing as well um, long term for their team and how the team wants to build around them. So my first quarterback uh, that I believe needs a big week seven, I'm going to go with uh, Zach Wilson of the New York Jets. You know, Zach Wilson is going up against New England right this week and he's coming off a bye week in which hopefully they've kind of figured out a better offensive approach. I mean, the last time that Wilson played, uh, Patriots obviously had a four-interception game. wasn't his best day as a quarterback. Now, obviously, he's going up against New England now, and they're in their stadium. You know, Wilson's completing about I think 57.3% of his passes. Uh, obviously, he has four touchdowns, nine interceptions. So this week is really about him being able to play big time. You know, you kind of want to see the good qualities and traits that he was projected to have early on in this draft. We know that he has a talented arm. He can make it happen. Um, but he needs a good showing this in, in this game, I think. Um, you know, because they got to start building some confidence there with what they have at the wide receiving position, what they have in terms of a offensive kind of, you know, philosophy. they got to be able to start producing and those opportunities, you know, I think he needs a big week uh, to keep the uh, keep the Jets a little bit more offensively in tune with the, with the games they have ahead. They have to look a little better offensively, and especially scoring in the first quarter of these games because we know that so far throughout their first five games, they haven't been able to score in the first quarter. So he needs to come out and play well in this game. 
win, uh, but also you know getting this offense off to a better start. Him and Matt Lafleur, and we and in this week seven matchup against the Patriots in the first quarter, I would say. The second quarterback that I believe is a week, big week seven would be uh, Jimmy Garoppolo of the San Francisco 49ers. You know, Garoppolo has a chance now to... He's back in the starting role, right, again for the 49ers because Trey Lance obviously got hurt, um, I think, the week prior to the bye, if I remember correctly. But, you know, he did play relatively well in that game. Uh, but not to the point to get the victory. So Jimmy Garoppolo has a chance now to step in and kind of win back the starting job for the rest of the year. Um, but it's going to be really important for him. Um, it's going to be really important for Jimmy Garoppolo uh, to not miss throws in this game. He's going to have to be more efficient and productive. Obviously, you don't have George Kittle yet uh, back, but you got to be able to be good against his Colts defense. I mean, if Lamar Jackson could throw for... 400 plus yards on this defense then the same can be done maybe possibly by Jimmy Garoppolo maybe but you got to see him be able to lead his offense scoring touchdowns um, you know that is something that definitely has to be an emphasis you know Kyle Shanahan uh, the way that he runs his offense with the running backs that have been in and out of this lineup Jimmy Garoppolo needs to show why he can still be a good starting quarterback in this league. And, you know, I think he will find his opportunities here against the Indianapolis Colts defense. You know, seeing more Diablo uh, Samuel getting the ball, um, Brandon Ayuk, you know, you just want to see Garoppolo be able to step back in and get this 49ers team back to 500 because, you know, th- th- there's still obviously games to be had in the, the division. And so Garoppolo's going to have to uh, do a good job of getting that done on a Sunday night football stage obviously you know we know that they're playing at home so they've got to be efficient in, get, in getting this victory but Garoppolo has to look good also in the process and so my final quarterback that I believe needs to have a big week seven is Tua Tagovailoa of the Miami Dolphins so obviously Tua has been um, you know he come back, you know. He came back from injury. Obviously, we saw obviously Jacoby Brissett play a couple of games while he was out with an injury. Um, now, Tua does need more reps and more experience, obviously, uh, to you know. But I think he needs a big game uh, this week because you've seen his numbers right now. You know, three touchdowns, two interceptions. You know. At this point in the season, you know, even though he had to miss some games and stuff like that, I think this is a game which the Dolphins absolutely need to win. All right, their season is kind of slipping away. You know, they're one in five. Uh, you obviously have a lot of talent. Um, you know, with Devontae Parker and Jalen Waddle and Mike Dzikowski. You know, so. Um, obviously, it's an uphill climb for Tua because, you know, this offense obviously hasn't been that great as a pass protection, the running game. There are still a lot of factors. The defense, which was supposed to be a strength of this team, isn't. Um, so, I think Tua, this week, you're hosting the rested Atlanta Falcons team, you know, at your, at your home. 
Um, I think Tua needs to come out and play relatively well. We haven't seen him thrown for, you know, three, four touchdowns in a while. Now, he did play well last week for the most part. Uh, did have that one interception that wasn't a good one. Um, but the Dolphins need a win that he needs to show what he can do. Obviously, you kind of seeing the success. Uh, or, you know, you're seeing, obviously, Hurts out there, Mac Jones be out there and do some good things, you know. So I think it's time to see uh, Tua kind of take a step. You know, obviously, he's fully healthy now uh, heading into this game. You want to see him be able to make good decisions, be accurate, um, get this team in a position to win this game. But he's got to really look good in doing so. You know, now the Falcons defense, obviously, you can't score on them. Uh, you can't get things done. So this would be a great time for Tua to remind us of why he was a top five pick. And in the draft, I think he's come out, uh, play relatively well, make those throws. Uh, we need to see that happen a lot more going forward because the Dolphins are going to need his production to climb out of this hole that they put themselves into. And if they don't do that, then the only the rumors and talk will only increase about Tua being being you know traded for or replaced for, you know either this season or next season. And we know right now they don't have a better option right now than Tua as their starting quarterback. So hopefully he figures it out this week against the Atlanta Falcons. Because if he doesn't, then I think you'll continue to see a lot of things being discussed and talked about. And don't forget, Miami Dolphins do have some picks. And coming up in the, in, in the draft, so all the quarterback rumors and talks will only heat up um, if Tua continues to have some inconsistent performances. You know, he's still a very talented passer. He can be that way. We saw it last year at times, but with the Dolphins now at a 1-5 and record, they've got to find ways to get wins on the board. And if he doesn't help in doing that as much, or he's not the reason of doing that as much, uh, a lot may change in Miami uh, in the next season.